When we get to the place of realizing that it's not about passing judgment, and here's what I want to say to you in this room today, if you are visiting with us, if you are watching for the first time, you are loved and you matter. Every single person that walks through these doors is loved and you matter. God doesn't have any favorites. He created you. And maybe you came in today and you're a little broken, a little hurt. We're all a little broken, amen? Let's just open our brokenness together. We all are. None of us got this right. But we're on this journey together. And part of this journey that we've been on in our church, if you're visiting for the first time, or if you need to get caught up, we've been in a series that's calling. It's called Calling. Discovering your purpose discovering your purpose. And here's the deal. Once you think you've discovered it, then God goes, wait a minute. I didn't tell you that. (laughs) Discovering your purpose. And we're talking about seven steps of what it means to get to discovering that purpose. And if you guys remember, what was the first step? It was listening. Ooh, that means we had to be quiet. In order to hear what God is saying, we got to be quiet. When we're doing this, we can't hear him. When we're worrying, we can't hear him. Then step two was sacrifice. That means we got to give a little bit or a whole lot of ourself. Amen. Amen. Three, step three was owning our failures, knowing that failures were a tool that God would use in order for us to get to where we are going. Failure really is a part of finding your call. Boy, I'm thankful because I have failed over and over and over and over. And God says, okay, well, let's just use it. Then there's step four that we talked about last Sunday. And Pastor Kay, she did an amazing job. We were so glad to have her in here with us. And step four was perseverance. That's a really long word to say. Hold on and be patient. I don't want to pray for patience and I don't want to pray for perseverance either. Amen. Amen. But it's a part of it. Like if you want God to show you your call tomorrow, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen tomorrow. It might. It could. But it may not. For me, it's been a process. And even when I found what that call was, let me tell you, it still didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Perseverance. Amen, Corner, are you ready? I think that was about a six on the ten count. Amen, Corner, are you ready? If you're out there, we want you to let us know. Say amen to me online. Let me know that you're following us this morning. Because today we're going to talk about the next step. Are we ready for this? Because it's about to get good because it's transformation. Do you know what that means? When something is transformed, it's not what it used to be. So that means if it's not what it used to be, that I'm going to have to do something to make it what it's supposed to be. I don't like that part. I'm comfortable. And then sometimes I get a good old case of the I don't want to's. But if I'm going to live out my purpose and my call, I've got to be ready for the Holy Spirit to transform me by the renewing of my mind and by the renewing of who I am and by the renewing of what he has called me to do. 
Oh, goodness, here we go. Are we ready for this? We're all in this together. Let's remember this, okay? We're all in this together. We're going to start, if you want to pull out your Bibles or your phone, your tablet, whatever you do to read the Bible, we're going to start in chapter 9 of Acts. Chapter 9 of Acts, starting at verse 1. And guess who's going to help us today learn about transformation? Good old Paul. Now, Paul and I have a love-hate relationship. When I read about Paul's writings, I just want to go, seriously? And then the next one's beautiful. And you're like, okay, make up your mind. What is this supposed to be here, right? Because Paul was just like me and you. He was figuring it out. This is what he writes. Meanwhile, Saul was still spewing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest seeking letters to the synagogues in Damascus. If he found persons who belonged to the way, that's Jesus' way, whether men or women, these letters would be authorized him to take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. During the journey, as he approached Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven encircled him. Y'all better watch out what you do to God's people. He fell to the ground and heard a voice asking him, Saul, Saul, why are you harassing me? Because see, he'd been messing with his people. When you mess with God's people, you're messing with him. Saul asked, who are you, Lord? I always find that interesting. Who are you? Oh, you must be Lord? Is that who you are? Because who's talking to me right now? I am Jesus. Whom you are harassing. Came this reply. Now get up and enter the city. You will be told what you must do. I love this part because... You know, we say we would want to be a fly on the wall. I'm not sure I would have at this point because it says those traveling with him stood there speechless. They heard the voice but saw no one. After they picked Saul up from the ground, he opened his eyes but he couldn't see. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and neither ate nor drank anything. But when you move then... To verse 22, it says, but Paul grew stronger and stronger. He confused the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus is Christ. It's a word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here's a little history. Paul is a bad guy. And when I mean bad guy, I mean like, the worst of the worst. It's a Pharisee. And he is passionate about the fact that these Jews that are being converted to loving Jesus need to go away. And this is wrong. And not only is this wrong, but they probably should die for it. And there are many, many deaths that we know that Paul attributed his thought process in the midst of that and went condone, and condoned it and went, this is fine. Because he was serious about the fact that Christians needed to go. Paul is no joke. Paul, at the time, which was Saul. So before his conversion, he was Saul. So let me tell you, he got so 
transformed that they had to change his name. That's what happens, though, when Jesus gets a hold of you. You don't even keep the same name. Paul is the worst of the worst, Saul. So you sit there and you think about this. Paul is on a mission. And he is on a mission that was to stop the gospel. And stop those that are presenting the gospel. So all of a sudden, one day on the road, (laughs) I love this part, right outside of Jerusalem, he's getting close to Damascus and what happens is Jesus comes to him. Jesus comes to him. That's in verse 3. He has a come to Jesus meeting like all come to Jesus meetings we have never seen before. So when we think about you say that again, we're going to have a come to Jesus meeting. Y'all be careful. Because the road to Damascus was a come to Jesus meeting like none of us want to ever do if we don't have to. You see, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you have been. Here's the great part. God will meet you right where you are. God will meet you right where you are. It does not matter where you think you are going. It does not matter where you think you have been. It does not matter how much you get in your head and overthink it. It doesn't matter how far gone you think you are. God will meet you right where you are. What does that get? That gets an amen. 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 And here is the thing. There is nothing you can do about it. That's what I love about the God that we serve. There is nothing you can do about it because God knows you better than you know you. God knows where you have been. He knows that you second guess every single move that you make. Or maybe you don't think about it at all and you should. (laughs) You are created with a calling that goes beyond all that you could ever, ever, ever understand. It's not meant for you to understand it. It's just meant for you to live the process and let him use you into your purpose. God isn't surprised that you don't always know where to get started. God isn't surprised that maybe you have a little or a lot of the I don't want to's. It doesn't matter because God will meet you right where you are, call you and transform you right where you are. Not only will God transform you right where you are, but God is never early. He is never late. He is right on time because God will show up. God will always, and that's what I should have been in there. God will always show up. For some, it feels like you have been left to figure it out all on your own. It feels that way, doesn't it, Lynn? God, are you sure about this? My favorite word, sometimes I'll say it in my car out loud when I'm talking to God, is I'll say, seriously? (laughs) You know, and I can just see the cloud above my head with a giant question mark. Seriously? 
God, are you kidding me? This is a joke, right? This is your sense of humor. Maybe you feel like you have been asking questions and you get zero answers. But do you? Do you? Are you sure? Maybe you feel like you aren't worth God showing up for. Or maybe you have listened to what the world has said to you for more than one day or two days. Maybe you keep listening over and over and over for what the world has said because you're not listening to what God has already said. Here's what I want all of you in this room to know, though. If there's three words I want you to know today, it's this. You are enough. You are enough. And I get told this a lot. You don't know me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. But see, it doesn't even matter because God does. You are enough. And not only has he shown up, he will continue to show up for you over and over and over and over and over. You get my point? And over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. You see, because Paul was on a mission. He was on a mission to kill the very ones that preached Jesus and what Jesus would do. And then Jesus stops Saul right in his tracks. Um, I don't know about you, but if God can use Paul, he can use anyone. But you have to know this. Listen to me. And I say this from experience. You can run, but you can't hide. It will not work. You can run and you can hide. God has a call on you and your excuses won't work. Your reasoning isn't going to go any further. For when you are called, God's going to show you. You can come up with every reason why or why not God can use you. You can make yourself as busy as you want to doing the things that you know are just a cover up for what you should really be doing. We've all done that. I'm just really busy right now. You know, things have just gotten out of touch and it's like, wait. I'm not sure that busy is what God has called us to do. You can also say, I'm just going to try to live my life the best I can and maybe that is true. But maybe you have used all of those excuses for so long that you've run out of excuses because your call and your purpose is standing right there in front of you. Maybe you know the transformation is there and you are afraid of what that means or what you will have to give up in order to do that. It's just too much work. I like this way too much. I want to go and I want to party and have a great time. God, I don't want to give up. And God says, when I need you more, my need for God is far more than my need for what everything else that I think that need is, right? Your call, though, your call, 
is bigger than you. Your call is not about you. Your call is about God. Your call is yours and no one can do it better. Quit letting everything take turns, messing with your head, and and you're just trying to live into the change and the transformation and let God love you. There's a saying that says, don't wake up one day and let the world have used you and not God at all. Because the world will. Guys, we can find a million things every day to fulfill these emptiness that we have in our heart to do something but it will never fulfill the purpose of what God has for you because it is yours. And here's the really cool part. Paul was literally blinded from the experience for three days until Ananias, which is another amazing story, where God speaks to Ananias, a disciple, and this disciple already knew that this dude wanted to kill him, and God says, hey, I need you to go say something to him. And he's like, are you getting one of those points? Seriously, God? You want me to go find this man that I know is going to kill me when he sees me, but that's what you want me to do. And God's like, yeah, because here's the deal. He didn't need you to question. He just needed you to do because he was already taking care of Paul over here. You see what I'm saying? He just needed Ananias to be obedient. What happens is Ananias goes in, touches his eyes three days later, and Paul is healed. The scripture says in verse 22, but Saul grew stronger and stronger and he confused the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. So here's the amazing part of this though for me that I really want you to hear is that in your transformation, God is changing lives by those that are watching you. It's not when you get to the other side. God's already started using it. And even through the process of Paul, God was already using his transformation before he could even see. Before he could even see, God was using his transformation because people are always watching you. Don't think for a minute that you get out of this without somebody in your life watching you. People are watching to see what you are doing. People are watching to see the God that is in your life. People are watching to see what is different about you that I want in my life. So what are they doing? And you don't even know it. God isn't just going to use you later. God is using you right now. Amen? Amen. Your transformation is changing lives right now. People have already been watching. People see you. People see what God is doing in your life, and you never know it. God is using you right now, and you never even realize it. For like Paul, we are transformed by God so that we can live into that call. Well, that transformation looks very different, though, for some of us. It just does. Some of it is drastic because God had to catch us on the Damascus Road. And then for some of us, it's been a process. As we keep walking, though, this journey together, let us remember we have to listen. We have to sacrifice. We have to own our failures. We have to keep pushing through. 
And we have to let God transform us. He knows you and he loves you. He loves you just like you are. He really does. There's nothing, Carla, we can do about it. When he created us, he went, there's this beautiful person named Carla Campbell. And I molded her just the way I wanted her on purpose. And to live into that purpose, sometimes though, we've let the world transform our minds, haven't we? I did. As I close, I want to tell you this story. And I've told you this story before, but I want to tell it to you again. Because it was a great reminder to me. Not long ago, even since I've told this story, my brother comes over one night and he brings me these old pieces of newspaper. And he brings this booklet to me. It's, it's yellow, but it is completely beautifully preserved. And it's an article about my mom and my uncle and my aunt singing in the prisons of Texas. All of them. It was an article that the senator had written about this journey of them visiting the prisons. And then here's the coolest part. I can barely read it. I'm going to even try to talk about it. But then there's an article that was written by the prisoners. About these two women and this man that came in and sang and ministered to us. And I'm like, Jeff, look at this. The prisoners wrote this article. We will never be the same. The way we were yesterday will no longer be the same today because of the words and the love that was poured into us through song. And about a year after my dad met my mom, and my mom and my dad, y'all, they were cute. My mom was maybe a half inch taller than me and my dad was like 6'5". And so it was like this. Even for my mom. But they both worked in downtown Dallas. And where they worked was right across the street. If you know, do you know anything about where the Greyhound bus station is in downtown? And for... Those that work downtown, you walk everywhere, right? And this particular day, they were headed to lunch and there were a group of them. And my dad would tell this story and he said, Didi, I'll never forget. There's this man that comes running at your mom as we're headed to lunch, walking down the street. And I didn't know whether to grab her or get in front of her. But he says, Miss Merle, Miss Merle, Miss Merle. And dad said, we just kind of froze. We didn't know what to do. This gentleman walks over. And he said, Miss Merle, you don't know me, but I was in one of the prisons that you sang in. And he said, I remember the songs that you sung and the words that you spoke. And he said, I promise, God, that day, if you get me out of here, I will never go back to that again. And dad said, here I am trying to be all strong and 
My dad was an athlete, so he was always in full composure. He said, big tears just begin to pour down my face. Because he said, here was this man that we didn't know, but he sure knew your mama. Because right there in prison, God transformed his life. Mom had no idea that that's what God would do. She was just obedient to what God had called her to do. But what began to happen is that my dad saw My dad saw what transformation looked like. My dad saw what a call on my mother's life looked like. And my dad began to fall into that call as well. It was an incredible story to watch the journey. But dad said, Didi, right then and there, in the middle of that street, with other people that I work with, my life changed. Because this gentleman running across the street at your mom just had to let her know that God transformed him by using her. You never know. You never know. But when you allow God to transform you, when you allow God to use you, guess what? You will change lives you didn't even know you could change.